This is BBC Radio 4. In 15 minutes, the moral maze asks, is there nothing wrong with the little bump and grind? But first... <clears throat> oh. Oh. Oh, sorry, I was just dreaming that I could make a career out of this. Oh, oh well, never mind. Better start it properly. Mr. Stephen Allen's somenews.co.uk, the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Some News Podcast number 29. Yep, yep, we had a small break at the start of the year. Well, it's because I have an early in the year birthday. I take a little time off for Christmas, New Year and birthday. And now the rest of the year is just buying gifts for other people. No, no, I don't qualify for Father's Day. They've not invented Uncle's Day. Only reason I joined the AA is to get a free gift. Well, look, it's three weeks of getting gifts, 49 weeks of giving gifts. It's not a good ratio, but I've got a plan, right? Early November, I go out and buy anything I need. So when Christmas comes, people say, so what do you want? And I say, oh, I don't know. I don't really need much. Oh, you're so hard to buy for. Am I? Really? Because I found myself quite easy to buy for last week. Well, then they buy me rubbish for Christmas. The birthday's too near. They get me rubbish for that as well. So when it eventually comes around to their birthday, I can buy them rubbish. And if they moan, I say, seriously, you're moaning? You got me a hamster-themed calendar. It doesn't even sync with Google. Hey, it's my birthday party. I'll be a knob if I want to. Anyway, in this edition, boats, breasts and babies. Let's crack on. Mr. Stephen Allen's Some News Podcast. The main news. There's been a lot of naval news recently, and by that, I mean things to do with ships and boats. I don't mean... And finally, scientists have proved why belly button fluff is always blue. I know the answer to that one, by the way. Something to do with um, Avatar. Anyway, it was suggested that we buy the Queen a new yacht for the Diamond Jubilee. Seems very nice, until you remember they suggested that, just as the Costa Concordia was sinking. That makes it seem like they've got it in for the Queen. Where did they get the idea? Prince Charles? Uh, yes, those things sink. We'll buy one from Mumsy. It's the only way I'll get the bloody job. But we can't talk about the Costa Concordia. It's a tragic news story. The pictures have been moving. The front page of The Guardian had a picture on it. And I couldn't be the only one who thought that the funnel looked like a cigarette that had been stubbed out. And you know it won't be long until Italian souvenir shops start selling those ashtrays, just like the Piper Alpha fag lighter. But, you know, we can't we can't talk about it because it's, it's a story that's still developing. You know, there was an oil slick. It wasn't a container ship that was carrying oil. It's just, you know, their food. Ooh. But the, the bosses have totally blamed the captain, saying that he didn't stick to standard Costa procedures. What are standard Costa procedures? saying, you like cake and muffin, after every drink. Thanks to some old laws, he could be charged with abandoning ship. If found guilty, he has to walk the plank, something like that. I've not really read it. But it's, it's terrible, though, because he was in a lifeboat while passengers were still struggling to get to safety. Captain Francesco Chettino lived up to the first part of his surname, and he said that the reason he was in this lifeboat while other people were still in danger is because he tripped and fell and landed in a lifeboat. That's brilliant. I'm going to use that excuse if ever I have an affair. Oh, I'm sorry, dear. It's just... I was walking down the street. I tripped, I fell, and I landed in her... Well, at least it was a soft landing, you know? One news story I read said he admitted making a mistake as he approached the island of Giglio to perform a salute for a friend. 
dude, send a text. He was basically trying to do a flyby, like in Top Gun. He felt the need, the need for 18 knots. Guy's an idiot, and it keeps getting worse. Here's a conversation that the ship had with the Coast Guard. Good evening, Costa Concordia, the Coast Guard says. Please, are you experiencing problems on board? We had a blackout, a crew member replies. We are checking conditions on board. A blackout? What kind of power failure leaves you at a 45 degree angle? Oh, I guess someone only plugged in one half of the ship. No, Wikipedia had a blackout, you hit a rock. There is a big difference. That call to the Coast Guards came 30 minutes after they'd hit the rock. It was another 30 minutes until they told the passengers to abandon ship. What was he doing for that hour? Probably replying to those spam text messages we all get. Have you had an accident at work and it wasn't your fault? Well, yes and no. But it's just not a topic we can talk about in the podcast. So back to the other boats. Education Secretary Michael Gove said we should buy the Queen a new yacht. Education Secretary. So shut up about boat buying decisions. At a time when hospitals are closing, schools are closing, schools. He's in charge of education. Schools are closing. And he's saying, I know, let's go shopping for boats. (laughs) It would cost us £60 million. Although... That's only about £1 each. That's the amount that you put into an office whip round for someone you don't really like. When the Queen works that out, she'll be like, Well, f*** you all! That's what we should do. We should pay our £1, we should give her a gift voucher, like an office whip round. There you go, Your Highness. A a £60 million WH Smiths voucher. It's gonna be a lot of pens. I don't even think a yacht is a good gift because of the the background message. If someone buys you toiletries for a birthday, it's a gift that says, You smell. Someone buys you a yacht, it's the gift that says, get lost. Yes, it's the only way I'll get the bloody job. The somenews.co.uk podcast. The French have been suffering bust and boom, but ironically, it's the economy that's been going bust and their busts that have been going boom. So firstly, France has been downgraded. They've lost their triple A credit rating. I heard a French spokesperson in the news give one of the most emotional responses I've ever heard someone from France give. He said... Nah. So France has been downgraded to double A. The other French story is about the PIP breast implants. In France, any woman with these implants has had them removed, so they've also been downgraded to double A. But this is it's a very confusing story, lots of conflicting reports. Here's what we know. The PIP implants have been made using substandard silicone, the type that's often used for sealant. So if a bloke has ever said, she was like putty in my hands, he has no idea how close he was. Health Secretary Andrew Lansley said the NHS will not be replacing breast implants to private patients. Here's what he said. If women are looking for um, replacement of these implants, uh, then ideally they should be looking to do so through their private providers who provided them with... Mm. Their privates. Would make sense, wouldn't it? A cosmetic benefit in the first place. So that's what they're looking for. Uh, So we will support women. And they will need some good support now the sagging's back. There is no uh, clear evidence of... Um, increased risk associated with these PIP implants compared to normal implants. And that's why Mr Lansley said if there was a clinical need, the NHS would pay to remove the implants, but would not offer replacements. Could you imagine if a dentist said that, or if you went to a car mechanic? Right, mate, I'll tell you what the problem was. It was your fan belt, so I took it out. And you put a new one back in? Nah, I just took it out. Your motor's f***ing. 
It's still confusing now. Uh, one day you open the newspaper, you read a report saying that the PIP implants are safe, they're no more likely to burst than others. The next day, you read things like this headline from The Sun. <clears throat> Rough sex to blame for burst PIP implants. Now, steady on. Let's not start making people say no to rough sex. Let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater. Do you know what bothers me about that headline, though? It's the word burst. It's just there to add drama, to add emotion to a story that should be based on facts. They don't burst. It's a puncture, surely. Burst makes you think you could be sat in a cinema and suddenly hear... Oh! I've got a nipple on the back of the head. Oi, love, point that thing over there, will you? I suppose the word puncture doesn't give a better mental image. Makes you think of a woman leaning over a full washing-up bowl, dipping it in, trying to find the leak. The SomeNews.co.uk podcast. According to some reports, Angelina Jolie is pregnant again. That shows how bad this recession is. She used to just buy them in, but now she has to make her own. It's Austerity Hollywood. Uh, a source told the US magazine OK, Angelina is really savouring every moment. She's having a tough time with morning sickness, but says it's all worth it. She's enjoying herself, but she throws up every morning. Sounds like me when I was still drinking. She already has a lot of kids, and now she's adding another one. I will be so upset if we find out she's going to be playing the child catcher in a new version of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, and all of this was method acting. But her family is nothing in comparison to a family featured on a Channel 4 documentary, 15 Kids and Counting. You will never guess how many kids they've got. Okay, well, you probably... You probably will. The title kind of gives the whole show away. But I didn't realise what I was watching, right? I turned the channel and the voiceover said, Most people stop at two. A brave few reach three or four. I thought it was a Weetabix advert. It was the kind of show where you watch these massive families and you feel so much better about your own carbon footprint. We met Sue, who has 14 children, and the 15th one is on the way. She said, I really enjoy being pregnant. Just love it all, really. Well, gain weight and sit on cold metal you'll have the uncomfortable girth and piles. For most of her adult life, 36-year-old Sue has been pregnant. The thing some people will do to get a seat on public transport. Uh, one of the many daughters doesn't seem to have a very high opinion of her mum. It's like her own personal drug, having babies. Well, maybe she should try and take it orally. Uh, we also met a prolific family from Kent. Tanya has felt driven to have children from an early age. My dad likes to tell a story of when I was very young. And I had a little wooden crib and all the uh, cuddly toys. I used to pull them out of my jumper one by one, put them in the crib and say, oh, there's another baby. And he said, oh, you've never changed. Hang on. I used to play Tetris when I was a kid. Doesn't mean I had to grow up to become a rubbish builder. Uh, and Tanya homeschools as well. I think it is nice to have that control that you, you don't have when they're in a school environment. And I like to know what they're doing and what they're being influenced by. Yeah, you wouldn't want them to learn about birth control or anything. Despite dropping out of college when she was pregnant with her first child, Tanya's confident she can do a better job herself. People say, oh, but you're not a teacher, so how can you teach them? They think, well, you don't have to be a teacher. I'm a, I'm a parent. No, she's right. You don't have to be a teacher. And I hope she remembers that when she goes for her next checkup. You don't need a qualified doctor, as long as you're at least someone's uncle. She's not qualified or anything to be a teacher. It's just, um, she teaches you what she knows. Teaches what she knows. So mainly the Lamar's technique and the state of her bedroom ceiling. Look, I'm, I'm not saying she's a bad teacher. I'm certainly not saying she's a bad mum. But I will say this. This is my favourite clip from the whole scene. Shut the cupboard and sit still. 
Thank you. Are we sure they're in Kent and not in Austria? Uh, back up to Morecambe, where the mum and dad of the 15 were talking about how busy they are. We do get tired though, don't we? Oh, yeah. You do get to a point in the day where you just think, oh, I just need to sit down. I think that's it, you daren't sit down. I suppose she daren't, you know. She had 15 kids, she'd lose the chair. It's expensive though, you know, he works in a bakery, she doesn't work at all, and they have all of those mouths to feed. On the menu today, 16 pork chops, three whole cabbages, 25 carrots, and seven kilos of spuds. I don't know where he gets all the money from. I'm kind of thinking it might be organ harvesting. It seems like a lot of food though, but the same night on TV, there was The Biggest Loser and Fat Fighters. So they weren't the only family on TV that night who got through seven kilos of spuds. And finally, uh, the woman who already had 14 kids does what she does best. The Radford's 15th baby is now due. He's that big. I was about to say, wow, 15 labours. How does she deal with the pain? But let's be honest, these days I bet she barely feels it. Do you know a, a snart where you sneeze and accidentally fart? Something tells me these days her labour is more like a snurf. <laughs> so that was 15 kids and counting. Next week they're showing the original Chinese version. One kid and, ooh, better not. The somenews.co.uk podcast. Cooks and canteen staff at a Crown Court are being quizzed by police after judges' lunches were allegedly spiked with urine. Everyone hearing that is thinking, oh, gross. Apart from Heston Blumenthal, who thinks, ooh, fancy seasoning. It's feared someone with a grudge against the justice system has launched a dirty, wet protest. Traces of urine are believed to have been found in soups, salads and sandwiches served up at Snaresbrook Crown Court, East London. Food safety officers and cops were called in after judges and barristers complained that dishes smelled a bit off. If you can call in food safety officers and police when food smells off, they would be filling up train buffet carts. But it's an interesting way to get revenge. Made me think, have you ever done something to get revenge on someone? I asked the question on Twitter, and here's what you said. Auntie underscore Lulu said, I put toilet cleaner in my housemate's conditioner. Nelson's comedy. I spiked a Coca-Cola bottle a bully used to steal from me with diluted tobacco. Resulted in two weeks of stomach pains. Yes. Site manager gal said, Hid the toilet rolls. My flatmate didn't say a word or buy any. For the whole weekend. How? I don't want to imagine what the laundry was like. Uh, Mr. Page 303 said, Not yet. I'm waiting until we're married. That's it, mate. Play the long game. Uh, Suzel said, Scuppered a man's chance of getting a sales job as 30 years previously, he used to follow me home from school and kick me. He probably just fancied you, though. You know, if you fancy someone in a school playground, you, you pull their hair. So if he was kicking you, he really had the hots for you. Stewpot said, I tried to blow up an ex in her car. Failed as she got out as I started the fire. I was in a very dark place back in 1991. This, this podcast is now technically evidence. Sue J. Mack said, Not me, but know someone who put fresh fish under a bonnet of their car when motor got hot, fish stink came through the vents. Ellie Williams HP, revenge on long-term best mate stroke love. I told him I never wanted to see him again ever. His loss equals revenge. You go, girl. If he liked it, then he should have put a ring on it or whatever. Uh, Leonard Lime, not me, but my ex clamped hair straighteners on my foot when I was drunk. Crippled me for two weeks. How's that for revenge? It's truth. Swallow's Bird said, I found out my boyfriend was married. Uh, he and family went on weekend to Blackpool, so I sent a text message saying I've been... 
in your husband. Degsy says, uh, while in the Air Force, a guy ratted on me for breaking curfew. I filled his dorm room toilet with washing up liquid. When the sergeant came to inspect the room, flushed the toilet, it flooded with suds and he earned extra duty. Yes. You know what I like about that? It's revenge, but it doesn't involve urine. If anything, you made the world a cleaner place. But I also invited some longer answers for this podcast. Gave out my email address and here's what we got. Tan I Am said, uh, My boyfriend at the time's ex-girlfriend was emailing him some pretty raunchy stuff. Then had the nerve to email me saying she didn't want to see him with me. She was married at the time. I looked up her jobs website and forwarded her raunchy emails to everyone at her job, including the president and the CEO, advising them that this is what she does on the clock. Needless to say, she was fired within a couple of days. Uh, Kyle emailed saying, My dad took me to a Spurs game when I was seven, even though I was an Arsenal fan. He even bought me a shirt with my name and age on the back. So I got my revenge by covering his bedroom with every piece of Arsenal I have. Nearly made him cry. Ha ha ha. And uh, an email from Natasha says, uh, The landlady that she was staying with. Very rich. Drove a sports car. Owned and lived in the house. Used the last of everything and never replaced. I was not earning much training doing my legal exec exams when I was 19 and poor. I took it upon myself to sand and varnish the shelves and wardrobes. So it was all the same colour and looked matching. The room was a dodgy terracotta colour that made me feel quite sick. I changed it to magnolia and did a good paint job, even if I do say so myself. And my room was lovely. However, when I was moving out, she wanted £200 I didn't have to restore it to its awful former glory. Not much left in the food cupboard as I was moving out, and very cross indeed. I sat in my room trying to think of a cunning plan. I had a few tins of salmon left in the cupboard, and looking round, noticed the ends of every wooden curtain pole unscrewed. So my plan was to stuff the wooden poles with salmon, screw them back on, and no trace of any wrongdoing. Funnily enough, a month later, lots of viewings, but the house stank. Apparently she had the radiators taken off, floorboards taken up, and no more tenants. Next thing, it was empty, and the house was on the market. Did I confess? No bloody way. And I'm still not sorry. Kind of getting scared by the mentality of some of the people who uh, follow me on Twitter now. <clears throat> Awkward. The somenews.co.uk podcast. Your letters. Just time for one more of your letters. This one was a DM on Twitter and it reads, Have you seen what this person is saying about you? And then there's a link and it says terrible things. Ooh, I'd, um, I'd better have a look. I mean, you know, there's no way that could be spam. I get about 10 of these worded exactly the same every day. So must be true. All right, let's just click. Oh, it looks like looks like the Twitter login page, which is odd because I was just logged into Twitter to read the message, but I guess I've got to log in again. I'll tell you what else is strange as well. Normally my browser remembers my username and password, but looks like I need to actually type it in this time. And, uh, oh, oh no, spam. Oh no, oh, oh no, I've fallen for a spam thing. Well, I guess I shouldn't feel too bad. Lots of people fall for that and they can't all be idiots. Can they? The somenews.co.uk podcast. That's it for another episode. Check out somenews.co.uk. Get the email newsletter, the Android app. You can even read it on a Kindle. Uh, email podcast at somenews.co.uk and follow on Twitter at Mr. Stephen Allen. Oh, and you can subscribe via iTunes. And there's probably more things that I should plug at the end, but I've forgotten. Until next time. Bye. The Some News Podcast. Get more at somenews.co.uk.